I sat down with him and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, like, I think I'm doing it wrong. And he's like, well, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm doing open houses on Friday, Saturday, Sundays. And he's like, and do you like that? I was like, no. He's like, then don't do it. He's like, stop wasting your time doing things you don't like. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars. This is Aaron Amuchastegui. Today I get to interview Irving Gomez. Irving's with Novella Real Estate from Denver, Colorado. I reached out to Irving myself to ask him to come on the show because he is one of this year's 30 under 30 realtors uh, that have been designated for through the realtor community as one of the guys that's out there really, really exceeding in the class. Irving, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, the of course the I love being able to to reach out to the guys, especially the guys and gals that have been getting awards out there, being successful in the space. Uh, so you guys can share some of your nuggets with everybody else. So what's it like in Denver, Colorado, right now? Um, well, the market is insane. It does seem to be kind of shifting a little bit, at least from what people have saying, but I haven't really noticed it yet, to be honest. Um, I still have clients that are bidding way over to be able to get a house and still seeing about, you know, 10 to 15 offers on a property. So it's, it's crazy. So even as it's slowing down, you're seeing 10 to 15 offers on properties out there. The, and is life, is life kind of back to the way it was in 2019 or, or you know, pre 2020 out there? Or is it, is it mostly open? Is it half open? What's, what's everybody's kind of feeling about just the lifestyle? Yeah, no. So here it is pretty back to normal. Um, a lot of people, majority of the people you can see that aren't wearing masks anymore, which is kind of nice to see people smiling and, and kind of not, not nodding back at you, you know, when you go to the grocery store, as far as like real estate goes, we still have restrictions as far as showings, you know, you can only do 50 minute time slots. Um, some people do ask that you still wear their mask inside their homes, which we respect. Um, so, you know, it's about 50, 50 when it comes to that. Interesting. So when did you get your license? So I got licensed in October of 2016. And what made you get into real estate? Um, well, it was one of those decisions where I was really unhappy at the current career that I was at. And I was reading a lot of self-development books at the time. And the one question that always came to mind was, what are you good at? And I was always like, what? What am I good at? You know, I'd sit there and talk to my wife because she knew I was unhappy where I was working at. And so we kind of just sat there and talked and she's like, she even came up with it. She's like, you're really good at communicating with people. And I was like, okay, yeah, but how am I going to use that? <laughs> you know? And she's like, well, what about real estate? She's like, you know that I seen. And at the time we were kind of thinking about buying a house. We didn't end up buying one until later, but at the time, I think that's why she thought about it. And she's like, I just feel like you actually listen to people. You know, you, you listen with intent and then answer. You're not, it doesn't seem like you're coming up with what you're going to respond with in your head while they're talking. She's like, it seems like you listen to them talking and then you pause and then you say what you have to say. And so with that, I think I transitioned it and I was like, okay, I was like, let's, let's give it a try. Uh, I'll get my license and then we'll see where it goes from here. You said, what am I good at? 
and yeah. you're wondering, you're like, how is that? How does that transition? I can communicate with people. How does that transition into a, a job that pays the bills? So, the, so you decided to get into real estate in 2016, and the and and what was it like your first couple months? Did you did you join a team? Did you join a brokerage? What was your success like to get started? So I went to a school, and in that school, um, they always said, you know, go out and you interview brokerages as well. They're like, don't just go and hang your license. Like, see where you want to be. Well, I heard of Novella, which actually used to be the Brookshire Group, but the reason they changed the number is, or the name is because people would get it mistaken with Brookshire Hathaway, which it has nothing to do with Brookshire Hathaway. You know, it was just a little independent boutique brokerage, and it still is. There's about 15 of us in there, which is kind of nice. And so when I interviewed them, that's kind of what attracted me to them to be there. And, you know, to date, I can still call my managing broker, and he is always there. So, you know, I went and interviewed, and then when I started, it was tough. It was rough. I still remember to this day, it took me about eight or nine months being in the business to get my first deal. Wow. And, yeah, and I remember on the seventh month of that time, I remember I was just sitting there, and my wife was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And I've never been one to give up, you know what I mean? Like, I've... Like anything I've ever done, I've been full heartedly into and even real estate. Like I went into real estate saying that I didn't want to do this part time. I wanted to do it full time because I know people need my attention. People need me. And that's the opinion I had on it myself. Right. I was like, I don't want to give them half of my time. I want them to have my full time. So at that seven months, I was just like, I don't know if I can do this. And my wife's like, you know what? How about this? She's like, give it another month or two. And she's like, if not, then let's revisit maybe the idea of you getting a part-time job and continuing. And I was like, okay, you know, let's, let's, let's try it out. Let's see what happens. And sure as heck, on that nine month, I got the first deal. And ever since then, it's been a snowball effect. And I think everything that I had done within those nine months led up to that snowball effect. Yeah, like building up, building up. And I think that's pretty common. It's, it's pretty common for real estate agents to say they were working really hard, they were working really hard. And then as soon as they kind of broke the curse, as yep. soon as they unlocked, then it all started unlocking because a lot of those relationships you start to build or the actions you start to take on month one, month two, month three, especially in a normal market. Right now is a strange market. Yeah. In 2016, 2017, that's a normal market where you may have to talk to someone six or seven times before they hire you to help them buy a house or they hire you to help them sell a house. You talked about early in the industry, you're doing a lot of door knocking. Correct. You know, was, is, is that, was that your primarily, primary thing you were doing those first eight or nine months? So I first started the first four months, actually, I did a lot of open houses and um, I didn't like open houses. And I remember sitting down with one of the higher producers there at our brokerage. Um, he kind of became a mentor and he's helped me a lot actually being where I'm at today. I sat down with him and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't like, I think I'm doing it wrong. And he's like, well, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm doing open houses on Friday, Saturday, Sundays. And he's like, and do you like that? I was like, no. He's like, then don't do it. He's like, stop wasting your time doing things you don't like. He's like, what do you like? I was like, I really do like approaching people and being in front of people. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, what about door knocking? Have you ever considered door knocking? And I said, I mean, I've considered it, but I didn't know if, you know, it was, it'd be a good thing to do or not. So him and I sat down and came up with a plan. And he's like, let's find a neighborhood that you think is going to fit, you know, where you want to be, where you're going to walk, and you're okay with walking and being around. And that neighborhood is actually where my parents live. 
And so he said, okay, let's take the average price point. What's an average price point? And I was like, about 500,000 where they're at. And he's like, okay. He's like, so the statistics is if you go and knock 100 houses, you'll talk to 10 people. And out of those 10, you'll get the one. He's like, so, you know, let's break it. And then for this, let's just break it in terms of, let's say a commission at 500,000 is 16,000. He said, for every 100 house, let's break it down. And that's $160. He's like, so look at it as you're getting $160 closer and closer and closer to where you need to be. And so now, you know, that's kind of the approach I take on mostly everything. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui for a quick commercial break. So during 2020 and 2021, the real estate market completely changed. There's so much competition in the market, so many people trying to buy and sell houses, but there's hardly any supply, hardly any product, hardly anyone willing to list their homes. It's time for every agent out there to become a hybrid agent investor to be able to reach out directly to homeowners to try to get them to sell or list their house. We've got a new website. Go to leadpropeller.com and you can set up your own investor buyer website in just minutes. You'll set up your own URL, set up phone numbers, help go through the leads, help reach out to people that aren't listing their pro their property currently and have them fill out a form that says, hey, I want to sell my house. And then as an agent, you can go through and make them a hybrid offer. You can tell them, hey, I think your house would sell for $220,000 on MLS, but I can either write you a $180,000 cash offer right now, or I can help you fix it up and you'll list it for $220,000 on MLS. These are buyers that are looking for quick cash offers. Tens of thousands are submitting these forms every single day and they're skipping the listing process. But so many of you guys out there are such good agents. It's a great opportunity to get that lead and help them maximize sales price for their home. So again, go to leadpropeller.com and think about signing up for your own investor site. So buyers will start reaching out to you, asking you to make an offer on their home. So when you're going up to knock on that door, people have that fear when they're getting ready to go knock on the door and they're saying like, you know, you never know when it's going to be the good one or the one where, where someone really tells you to go away or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And your mindset was you knew that every hundred doors you were going to get a deal. So every time you knocked on a door, it was just like getting paid 160 bucks. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Whether they answered it or not. And so it kind of made you mentally, mentally more prepared to keep going. So you could try to push through as many doors as you could during a day. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, at the time, like when you first get started, you're trying to do all these other things, but it's like, I, I put my energy into that and I was like, okay, this is what's going to take my attention. This is what's going to help me build. And I was trying to do at least 200 to 300 doors a day. So let's break up. So when somebody goes and door knocks, what were you saying when they answered the door? So I, I love that idea that you found a neighborhood and said, this is a neighborhood that I'm going to just focus on. Yeah. So you knock on the door, they answer the door, they see you standing there. What do you say? So the first thing that I would always tell them is, hey, I'm not here to sell you anything. I want to give you valuable information. And they would be thrown back, right, by that. And they're like, well, what, what are you talking about? And I'm, you know, I'd be like, real estate, I want to let you know, like, what the houses are selling for here in the market or here in your area. Um, and then I would hand them the sheet with comparable comps in the neighborhood that have sold. And then they would look at it and then they'd start like, oh, yeah, I did see that house. And, you know, did you, do you know information about that or not? And I'd be upfront. I'd be like, no, I don't. But if you want more information, I can definitely let you know about it if you want to give me your contact information. And so that's kind of how, and also, you know, you got to remember, this is at the beginning when I first started. 
So at times I would get stumped and wouldn't know what to say, but being out there knocking on those doors made me better at real estate and like learning how to communicate and what people want to know and you know, what to tell them. Yeah. And figure out what their common questions were going to be. Like you didn't know what the answers were because you didn't know what the common question was going to be until you did it. So you would knock on the door and you would say, Hey, I've got this CMA here. I just yep. want to drop it off for you. So you've got some information. And if you want me to follow up, we can. Yep. And the, and so, and you did that for months and months. And then yep. eventually that was your first deal, a result of one of those door knocks. So it wasn't actually, it was a close friend um, of my wife's and, um, but I did actually get deals from that, but they weren't the first deals. It was more of the, those ones are the ones, you know, they're the cold leads. So you got to follow up, you got to stay consistent with them. And then that's when they turned. Yeah. How many deals have you done in the last 12 months? So in the last 12 months, I've done 26 deals. And what's the average price point? The average price point is about 450 to 500,000. Okay. So you're still kind of in that, in that market that you looked at early on. The, are you mostly a buyer's agent or mostly a listing agent? So it's about 40% listings, 60% buyers. How about when you started? Was it, was when it, I started, it was heavily buyers for sure. All right. So you started as buyers and you were able to transition. How would you say, what was your biggest ability to be able to transition from being just a buyer's agent to also a, a listing agent? Was it some of the p- clients you had represented before or was it just you got more confident in, in, in your resume? Well, how did you get start to get more listings? Um, I think it was just being more confident in my resume. I did actually help people at the beginning. Like a lot of my listings were people that I didn't know and people that were moving out of state. Mm -hmm. Um, so that helped out a lot. Um, but now it is getting to that point where it's like half of my listings are people that are turning over, right? They're selling their house to upgrade to that bigger one, especially with the lower interest rates and how the market is right now. They want to take advantage of it because they're like, if we can go up and pay, you know, $200 extra more, but get a bigger house. Let's do that instead of refinance. Yeah. Where do you get most of your buyer leads now? How do you, how do you find those buyers? So a lot of them, aside from, you know, the sphere of influence is my social media. I get a lot of traction on social media. What sort of stuff do you talk about on social media? So, I mean, right now, social media is the answer for so many different things. People are getting out there. Do you have a certain, you know, format that you follow, a certain training you follow, or is it just getting yourself out there and people reach out to you? Yeah, no, it's just getting out there. The one that really does it for me a lot is Instagram. On Instagram, I post a lot of like, you know, homes that have sold, testimonials. Um, I do a lot of personal stuff as well. Like I put my family and myself on there. Um, So I try to mix it up. And then on my stories, I do get on my stories and I talk a lot. And I also just kind of show like my day to day of what's going on. So if you were going to go back now, so now you've been in the business for four years, mm-hmm. I guess five years, you've done, how many houses have you sold, have you bought and sold since you've been in the business, do you know? Oh, that I do not know. I mean, if you're averaging 20 a year, maybe you're, maybe you're up around a hundred, you know, give or take. What advice would you give yourself as a new agent? If you're going to go back and tell yourself when you got started, Hey Irving, this is, this is what you need to know because you know a lot now and you had a, and you had a rough start. So like, what, what would you have told yourself different? Or, or the same, what, would you, what advice would you give yourself? Um, something a little different that I would have told myself that I do, that I still do every year this, um, you know, when I do sit down and do my business plan is set obtainable goals. Because I remember at the beginning when I first started, you know, some people were like, make your goals a little crazy so that hopefully you can at least get within 10 to 20% of it, right? And I did. I set my goals like way high. And I didn't even come close to it. And when you don't come close to something that you put down as a goal, for me, um, I was just crushed. It, it, it sucked and it was kind of 
it was not not fun to see you know go back and look at your business plan and be like wow i'm not even 50 percent to where i wanted to be that makes so i've heard that too i've heard people say like hey if you want to make a million dollars say that you want to make 10 million dollars because then if you only make a million you'll still be happy that you're yeah. saying it wasn't like that for you if you said you yeah. want to do 40 houses if you only did five or six you weren't grateful for the five or six it was like why why even have a goal exactly so so you would go back and tell yourself to have realistic goals mm -hmm. uh, to focus on. And then what practice do you take to make sure that you're working toward those goals? Or what, do you, what metrics do you use? How do you, how do you make sure you accomplish your goals? Yeah, so every month, I actually, at the beginning of the month, I sit down and look at my business plan and then see, okay, what did I do last month? How far away from, um, am I from, like, say, if I wanted to do 30 houses, where am I at? How many more do I have to do? You know, how many people do I have to call? Who do I have to go see in order to get to that goal? Real Estate Rockstars, this is a commercial break from our podcast sponsor, House Folios. We're in real estate to find the next big deal, right? We want to find the deal, make money, and then turn around and do it all over again. But it can be frustrating having to search through thousands of properties trying to find that Goldilocks property that is just right for your investment goals. That's why we're here to tell you about House Folios. House Folios is a management software for single family home investors that makes it simple to find good deals, get financing, and manage your property portfolios all from one platform. They're an all-in-one app that lets you easily search for properties, both listed and unlisted, analyze numbers based on your specific assumptions, and provide resources to get you through underwriting and closing. And this is a feature we like most. You can track your numbers at multiple levels. Want to see the returns on the specific property in seconds? Check. How about an entire portfolio of properties you're looking to buy? Check. And then being able to present these properties to investors to become the go-to real estate agent for their investment needs? How awesome is that? Managing your investment properties has never been easier. The best part, it's affordable. Plans start at just $29 a month, 29 bucks to unlock the tools to manage your entire investing cycle, all in one place. Check it out at housefolios.com. And if that's not enough, Housefolios is giving our listeners a special rate on an entire year of Housefolios, just 99 bucks. So instead of 29 bucks a month, 99 bucks for the year, head on over to housefolios.com forward slash RE Rockstars to sign up. Again, head over to housefolios.com forward slash RE Rockstars to get an entire year of housefolios for only 99 bucks. So what are your goals for the next year? Or what are your what 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 were your goals for 2021 and how, how are you how are you lined up right now on those? Yeah, so for 2021 was to increase at least by 20% of what I did last year. Um, so last year I did 17 houses. Um, I think it was 17, and then right around almost seven million. Um, that's what I put on that 30 under 30 magazine. Mm -hmm. um, so 20% of that, I think it came out to like 20 houses or something like that. And then closer to like eight and a half or 9 million. And I'm already at what I did, or if not more than what I did last year. So I'm, I'm on track to hit that goal. Yeah. It's, a, it's amazing right now with, even though it is tougher to find the properties, you know, there's, there's so much less supply out there. The people that are succeeding are continuing to have, these record years. So you, right now you're writing offers for buyers. You're writing offers against 15 other people. Yep. What's your best trick to get your offer accepted right now? Honestly, I think it is full communication. And the other thing too is not writing a sloppy offer because um, I've talked to several agents, you know, who get 15, 20, 25 offers and they're like, it, it's terrible. And I mean, even me on my side with my listings, it, it kind of sucks having to file through all those offers. And then you just look at all these sloppy ones and you're like, well, this one would have been a good one, but I have to go back and counter on like 10 different things. 
that weren't filled out correctly. So um, the so the sloppy part, you mean so th that you're referring to just an offer that isn't that has blanks that's missing things that that wasn't specific. What about the communication specifically? Like, what if, if an agent right now is struggling to get their offer accepted? What advice would you? Because you said communication is key. Yeah, what would you tell them that they need to be doing every offer every time they write an offer? Um, definitely call the listing agent after your clients have told you that they uh, show interest in the property that they want the house. Call the listing agent. Ask all the questions, like as far as you know, do they need a rent back? What is their most important thing? How quick are they looking to close? Because sometimes, you know, people think that these people are wanting to close as quick as possible, but some people want 45 days to close. So if you're putting in an offer where you're closing in two weeks, but they really want the 45 days, then that automatically already kind of throws you out of the running. So asking all those questions up front. And then also the, the thing that I do a lot is I go back to my lender and I say, hey, we're putting an offer on so-and-so property. Here's the agent's information. Go ahead and give him a call. But I'm also going to CC you in the email when I send over the offer so that you know when it goes over and then that they know that you're there as well. So the, so you're asking them what they want. You're calling that listing agent. You're linking, you're bringing the lender into the conversation so that that way they know the person is mm -hmm. qualified and the lender will also you know, kind of help pitch your client to them. For sure. Yep. Do, you, do you think there's any, what do you think is the biggest problem in the real estate in industry today? Do you think there is a, a problem in the real estate industry and what would you do to fix it? I do. I do think. And I think it, it, the big word that I've used lately is sloppiness. It's just been so sloppy as far as like how we were just talking about contracts. Mm -hmm. This year, I've actually had four or five clients that have came to me from other agents that they were working with, aren't listening to what they're asking for, aren't giving them what they're wanting. Um, and I think that's also due to experience. Um, you know, there's so many people that have their real estate license right now in this market. It's just tough. It is tough. It's nasty. It's brutal. And I think maybe more education would help with that or making it somehow. Because, I mean, to get your real estate license, honestly, it's not that difficult. Um, it's such a low barrier to entry. Now, that's the beauty of it, right? Like the, the low barrier to entry is you don't have to spend four years in college. You can actually learn to be an agent instead. And you can make a good amount of money if you work really hard and you're able to learn. But then I think that other key is having mentors and people that will point out to you and say, hey, you need to write this offer different or you miss this or just that sloppiness that you're referring to. I think, yes, with how many agents are out there right now and with how hard that they're working, mm -hmm. I think that they're lazy is the wrong word. But I think there's sometimes where you're writing 10 offers or, or 20 offers for a client and an agent, maybe the first 10 offers don't even get replied to. Yeah. Right? So then they're like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to put an offer out there. I'm just going to put the dollar amount on there and, I, and I'm not even going to fill out the rest because hopefully we get close enough this time. So I think, I think some of the sloppiness is as a result of people being discouraged. Yeah. Uh, what would you tell other agents in that case? Like if they're, if they're just being, if they're being sloppy from that, what advice would you give them? I would just say, slow down. I know this market, like, I feel like when this market first started in February, like everybody was just go, 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 go. I think just slow down a second, breathe, look at what you're doing and actually look it over. Like I look, I still look at my contracts like four or five times before I even send it to my people to get signed. And then when they sign it, I still look it over like once or twice again before I send it over to the listing agent. So I think just slow down a little bit. 
Uh, I think slow down. I think it's great advice. I think I think your advice is saying that the offer needs to be strong. The offer needs to be clear. Sometimes the agents will take your call. Sometimes they won't. Yes. But if you do have a good, clean offer, if you go through that extra effort uh, with that, you're going to have a better chance. So, the do you have any skills that you've done over the last couple of years that were that you didn't do your first couple of years that have really increased your in, increased your amount of sales? I guess I wouldn't say skills, but maybe I've gotten more involved in my association. Okay. Um, so I'm actually here today. This is where I'm sitting at because after this, I have a class for the Leadership Academy that I'm doing. But I've gotten involved with them. I'm part of CCIC, which is the Charities and Community Involvement Committee. Um, we do a lot of donations around the community here, um, all down in the southern part of the Denver metro area. And yeah, I think those have been like the big key, key ones is just actually getting involved and doing something. So you started getting involved with your local local realtor association, mm-hmm. and the and how has that benefited your your business? Um, I think people just see that I'm out here doing good deeds and doing good stuff, and you know people love to see that. Um, and again, like I said, I post all that stuff on my social media, and I get a lot of feedback on there from that. And that's how not necessarily you know like the people that are on there praising me are the same people who are sending clients my way. Real Estate Rockstars, this is a commercial break from our biggest podcast sponsor we have right now, Rent Ready. It can be fun getting a new real estate deal, but it can be tough managing your properties after the fact, especially if you're long distance investing or trying to manage multiple properties by yourself. That's why we're here to tell you about Rent Ready. Rent Ready is a property management software that not only makes it easier to manage all your real estate deals from one platform, but they also have the best customer service support in the biz. They're an all-in-one app that lets you easily manage properties, collect rent, list units, screen tenants, sign leases, all from your phone or computer. Imagine all of your real estate doors right in your pocket. How awesome is that? The best part is it's so affordable, one flat price for everything. Unlimited properties, tenants, and support with a real live human. And I have to add in there, that's a new business model that not a lot of people are doing. There's like this freemium model where people say, hey, you can try this, but as soon as you grow, it's gonna cost you a lot of money. Or they kind of punish you when you get too many emails on your list or too many come. They aren't gonna punish you when you grow. They're not gonna charge you more when you get 10, 20, 30 rentals. They're gonna charge you the same when you have two or three as they will when you have 50 or 60. So you have a nice fixed cost, all software, all in one place. Check it out, Rent Ready, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com. And if that's not enough, Rent Ready is giving our listeners a special code you can use to get a whole year of Rent Ready for just $54. Use code R-O-C-K-S-T-A-R-50. That's Rockstar50. And sign up for Rent Ready's annual plan at rentready.com. Again, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code Rockstar50 to get Rent Ready for only $54. To, to get clients that way. And, and then I've heard a lot of people say that just by getting involved with their local association, that helps cut through a lot of the noise too. If you're writing an offer against 15 or 20 other people, they're, they at least recognize you or they'll at least take your call because it's listing agents also have it tough right now. If yeah. they've got, you know, 20 people sending them offers and calling them, I see why they're also having a tough time on what they're supposed to focus on. But if they recognize you, do you think they're, they're just going to be more likely to take your call? Yeah, yeah, no, and that helps a lot because, uh, I mean, pr- for example, I took these clients out at the beginning of this month to go look at a property, and it's actually with an agent that I've done previous deals with, and she's awesome, she's amazing, and we have a good um, friendship too. We, you know, we still talk off 
business stuff. We, we hang out. And uh, we submitted an offer on her property and we didn't get it. But she literally right after that texted me and, and said, hey, you know, this is the only reason you didn't get it, so on and so forth. But she's like, there's this other agent that I know listing the same exact house right down the street. Here's his number. Call him. I'll call him and tell him you're calling him and how great you are. So, I mean, she called him. I called him right away. And she's like, hey, or he was like, hey, I was expecting your call. Go look at the property. Let me know. And we got it under contract. He got under contract for it went out. Those relationships are key. The, are there any software or phone apps or things like that that you're using right now that are, that you think are, are really helpful in your business? Yeah. So for me, I don't know if you've heard of it, but a uh, HomeBot, I use HomeBot a lot. Um, that. Yeah. Do you get the kind of the update of here's your, your home values, things like that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a little bit more accurate than Zillow, which is what I like. But then also what I like is uh, I get emails of my people that are interactive with it. Right. So when it sends out the monthly email of, hey, this is your property value, I can see who's actually going and looking at it. And uh, they can also request an updated CMA. So the one thing that I'm doing with that is when I see people who go on there to check, I automatically get on the phone and either call them or text them or whatever I know that person likes to check in and be like, hey, I saw you were looking at your value. What are you thinking? You know, are you thinking about refinance? Um, are you just browsing just to browse and then that leads into what's next so i bought a house a few years ago i got added to the home bot database so i would get this email that said hey your house that you bought on this street in leander is now at this value we think you have this much equity would you like to refinance would you like to sell that sort of thing so if you so you have the option to put someone in, in the database so is, do you only put them in the database after they buy or sell a house or do you put do you put like prospects in the in the database like, how does that part work for it? So usually when people sell their house, I put them on or buy the house, I put them on there, but you can put in buyer prospects as well. Um, and it sends them updated uh, data within the zip code of what they're looking at. So once you have a customer, it's kind of a way to stay top of mind for somebody. You help them buy a house, they'd get in there every month, they get a little email Correct. and then 12 months from now, 18 months from now, they click on it and they go, oh, wow, my house is worth $100,000 more than I thought it was. You can see that, then you get to reach out to them and say, hey, are you thinking about buying right now? I saw that you're trying to get an updated, you know, valuation on it. Yeah, uh, yeah I, think that's, I think that's a pretty brilliant software to get to kind of automate conversation. And it grows bigger over time, right? Especially yeah. if you're just putting in the people that you've done uh, deals with. How much Do you pay for that? Does a lender pay for that? How much is it? Yeah, so we split it actually. It's uh, with a lender of mine and then and me, and it's about 25 bucks a month. So it's not even that expensive at all to stay top of mind on your clients. Yeah. So the one of the kind of the thing, the mantras that I think you, you live by that helps you in real estate is the kind of the be yourself. Now, a lot of people have, a lot of people say that a lot of, and it means a lot of things to a lot of different people, but yeah. what does that mean to you? To me, I think it's just honestly, with all the noise that's going around in like social media, right? Because I follow a lot of other realtors as well. And I see a lot of cool things that they do. But I'm like, I don't know if that would be like me, my style, right? I don't know. Because then if people would start seeing that stuff, they'd be like, oh, like, what is Irving doing? Or why is he doing that? So I think it's more just catered to be who you are. And the people will be attracted to that. If somebody was going to get started on social media right now, and they were like, Irving, I want to go get started in, on Instagram. What are two or three posts I should go do? You know, what, are the, what are the first two or three types of, because people are like, 
you know, showing neighborhood parks or like, you know, housing prices. So what are the, what are the first two or three that really helps people get started? I would say, I think the one thing is definitely be on your story. I think if you're on your story, like talking to people, that one's more appealing because people like interaction. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think Instagram built that that way so that as soon as you open it, like the stories are the first things you see at the top so that you start clicking through those. And then I think definitely post like about yourself, And the other thing too is, you know, if you do have testimonials or if you have open houses that you're doing or things like that, or information, just things that are, that people are going to take with them and not just garbage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the, so stories, so, and with an agent that could be, Hey, I'm out showing a house right now. Mm -hmm. I'm out looking at a house right now. Hey, we wrote an offer, you know, or any of their personal stuff. Do you mix all of your personal stuff in with your business stuff? I do. Yeah. So like, you know, this will be on my story saying that I was being able to be a part of this. And then when I go to that leadership class, that'll be on there. And then probably when I drive down to my parents to go pick up my son, I'll probably do a little something down there with the family, my son probably running around. So yeah, I just kind of just switch it all together. But also the big thing too, I think when people get started is the one thing that I would do a lot is go to the new build communities, you know, familiarize yourself with that, know where they are, what are they building? Um, Again, that's something great for when you're brand new and you don't have like a lot of stuff going on. Um, Try and make yourself busy with things that are important, right? So that you know that stuff when you come across that opportunity. And what's what's your favorite part about real estate, right? So like you've been in it four or five years. Now you're getting more and more involved. I can tell that this is a a career for you and you're going to be sticking with it. But what's, what's the part that makes you the most excited about what you do? I think honestly, like it's still being still talking to the people that I've helped build that I've helped buy houses. Um, I still reach out to all of my clients that are near and dear to me um, because at the end of the day, they are the reason that I'm, that I am where I am, right? Like the 30 and the 30 is amazing and all these awards are great. But I think at the end of the day, like the biggest award for me is that I've helped those individuals achieve that goal that once was a dream that they didn't know was obtainable. And I have came across that a lot where people are like, we don't really have a lot of money saved. We don't know if we can do this, but we're paying like $2,500 a month in rent. And I'm like, you can do it. I know you can. Why don't we just come in, sit down. Let's kind of go through everything. I'll bring my lender in, you know, talk about finances. And I think you're going to be surprised and to find out that you can actually afford a house. Yeah. So if a client asks you, Irving, if they say, hey, is now a good time to buy or not? What do you say? I say definitely it is. I know it's crazy and the market's insane, but it's only going to keep going up. So right now is the best time to try and get you into something before prices get a little out of reach. And then what do you do to set expectations with buyers when you first start meeting with them? Like like to let them know there's going to be 15 or 16 offers on a property. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What's, what's that first kind of meeting like to say, Hey, yes, it is a great time to buy and we got to get you a house now, or you might not ever get a house, but also it's going to be hard. What's that conversation? <laughs> so I do with them what's called a buyer orientation. I go into the office and they, these buyer orientations usually take about an hour to an hour and a half just because they're full of questions, right? This is their first house that they're going to buy and they want to know everything. So I bring them in. And I just kind of go over everything and I lay expectations out and I say, guys, I know you're super excited. I'm excited for you. This is going to be fun, but I also want you to know that this is going to suck. And then they look at me and they're like, you know, eyes get all big and they're like, 
Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? Like, Doc, I want to get my helmet. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you know, but then, but this is why I'm like, this is kind of where we're at. You're in this price range. This is what we're seeing in this price range. Um, this is a neighborhood that you want to be in. This is what we're seeing in this neighborhood. So you're probably going to go up, you know, against anywhere between 10 to 20 offers. They're going to be about this high. You know, you you can compete. And if you want to compete and you like the house, I think we should go all in. Um, but if not, then let's not waste our time and go find you something else. And yeah, and, and people do really appreciate that because when we get out there and they lose that one or two or three, they were like, they, they get excited, right? Because they put in an offer and they're like, they, they think they're going to get it and they think they're going to get it. But in the back of their mind, they know the possibility that it's not going to happen. So when it doesn't happen, they're not as devastated. Um, and that's what it was with my clients that just lost that first offer. Uh, the first time we put it in, they were like, well, we knew, we knew what we were going up against. And, you know, we thank you for that. Yeah. At least, at least they, you know, and sometimes they have to learn for themselves too. So you can say, yeah. here's what I think, but I'll do whatever. And then they get to learn through a few houses and go, okay, this is our process. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's been awesome getting to talk to you, Irving. I can see why you got, why you got the award. I think your, your personality is is fun. I can tell that you, you love your clients, you love real estate, and the more and more getting involved, it makes sense why you got picked for Realtors 30 Under 30. Um, are there any last pieces of advice that you would, you would give everybody out there? Anything you think that all real estate agents need to hear? For the people getting started, know that it is going to be hard. Um, but if you keep pushing and you keep doing everything right that you're supposed to do, you'll make it. I mean, I'm a I'm an example. It took, again, eight to nine months for me to get my first deal. And here I am almost five. It'll be five years in October. And I won one of the biggest awards possible that I never thought would ever happen. And yeah, just just don't give up. If this is something you really want to do, don't give up. But if you're going to go in, go in full heartedly for sure. That's awesome. Irving, some of our listeners are probably going to want to reach out to you. They're going to want to ask you for some advice. They're going to see how you do it. They're going to want to get some scripts for door knocking, things like that. What's the best way for them to find you? If they could email me, that'd be great. So the email is Irving, I-R-V-I-N-G dot Gomez, G-O-M-E-Z at novellaliving.com. All right. And then novella with two L's, N-O-V-E-L-L-A. Yes, sir. Novellaliving.com. And then I'm going to go find you on Instagram too, Irving. The Is it Irving Gomez? Uh, it's Irv the Realtor. Irv the Realtor. I will go find Irv the Realtor on Instagram. I know people will be sending you some emails. You and I will chat on there. Thanks so much for coming on and talking to all the agents here at Real Estate Rockstars and Real Estate Rockstars. Thanks for listening. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. All right, Real Estate Rockstars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents. And we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. 
Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.